Hey love, you're listening to the Luxury of Self-Care podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia. Each week, I'm recharging you with tips and engaging conversations, reminding us that finding luxury in our lives begins with taking care of the most important thing, Y-O-U. It takes persistence and spunk to be successful, but instead of living to work, let's work to live. You up for it? My answer is a clangorous, vociferous yes. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Ready to party. And for one moment, you get this amazing gift. (laughs) Keep swimming, just keep swimming. What, like it's hard? If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. Hello, hello, my beautiful, wonderful friends. Welcome back to the Luxury of Self-Care podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia, and today I wanted to talk about so many different aspects of work ethic, quotes about work environment, my own personal journey as a manager now at age 33 versus what I was like probably at age 23 and things that I've noticed that I'm different about things that I'm picking up on a daily basis just at work and in my life and realizing that it's definitely a high conversation that I see coming up quite often with me and my team and my friends and friends from a past life. Like I've been hearing this so much and it just really all boils down to work ethic and quotes about work. So I even challenged myself after doing my breathing meditation, which kind of came up in my interview with Alyssa Miller. If you did not listen to our episode, please, please, please tune in on that episode. We talk anywhere from like the stigmas of being a woman and wanting to go through pregnancy and what that would look like and the challenges of that via society and being older versus like what do we actually need right now. We talk a lot about like asking your body the questions of like what does your body need? Like what do you want to taste? What would you be interested in trying in this moment in time? So I think that conversation was so interesting. We also talked about her shop that she opened that's here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania called The Blade and Spade Apothecary. So that place is just absolutely wonderful. It's somewhere where I definitely hide out and get a lot of my work done. And I just love the environment and the vibe there. It's not just a coffee shop. It's not just apothecary. It's also an event space. Like there's so many good vibes that are happening in there. They they reupholstered old furniture that's like been here in Lancaster for years. Like there's this level of luxury and comfort, but it also is also you're able to like have an experience and asking your body these questions. And that really comes back to what self-care is. It really comes back to the why behind why I personally wanted to start this podcast, the evolution of talking about self-care with all these different people who embody it in a different way, not only on a daily, but just see it differently than me because they have different life experience than I do. And with all that, I really wanted to break down some quotes. So I challenged myself today after that meditation, as I said, was to listen to all those quotes that I ended up putting in in the opening in our podcast opening that you hear every week when you tune into the show or you hear back to back when you're trying to catch up and probably skip over it which I totally understand I do the same on the podcast that I listen to if I listen to more than one episode but it does get me fired up and I remember putting that together and each quote answered the question are you up for it and within those quotes like those were all 
movies that I really liked and things talking about work ethic along with still a silly lifestyle of just enjoying what life has to offer because like life is made for us to enjoy right like we are here our body is this tool for enjoyment and sometimes we surpass that because we're so fixated on work 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 and it's such a strong mentality and that's why I say we should work to live instead of live to work like that shouldn't be the driving force that work mentality that should be just something we get to do in this beautiful life that we have and all these other elements we have in that beautiful life so to give you all that as that introduction I'm going to rewind back to what I said was that the growth that I've seen in myself as a leader or a person of authority like a type of manager, me now at 33 versus me 10 years ago at 23, like I just wanted to make several Stasi soldiers. Like I was like, I just need a million of me. I just want a million of me. And I remember telling this to Douglas, obviously this wasn't 10 years ago because we haven't, we've only known each other for about five and a half years. But I remember telling this Douglas and he's just like, wow, that would be a lot of pink. And I had to laugh because I was like, you know, you're absolutely right. It would be a lot of pink, but me and my skills are a lot different than what other people bring to a table. But because other people bring different skills to the table, that's what makes things progress. That's what makes me be challenged to grow. That's what makes me become a better leader when I'm faced with someone who doesn't work the same as I do or doesn't have the same strengths as I do. I'm able to see more and grow more and evolve more, not only as a manager, but as a human being. So that's something that I've absolutely loved to kind of break down. And I've been looking back on it and thinking of myself as a manager I've definitely gained so much more patience and respect for those who are only just learning, especially me who's in that middle line right now of where I am as a millennial versus all of these younger generations that are these Gen Z generations. We're definitely different. We definitely see things differently and what is best going to serve me is a team that is capable humans not a team that I always have to tell them what to do so what I'm getting at here is low direction versus high direction so it's definitely a term that we use often in any type of workforce but high direction would mean that you have people below you that you have to consistently direct that they don't force like they can't see around them they don't have a lot of 360 vision that can allow them to see after they finish one thing They come back to you and they wait for you to tell them what the next thing is to do. Now, I was never like that. I could always see in a whole of all the different things I could have to do and all the different things that always need to be done, plus like ways that I can be of service. And I would always continue to come back to my manager and be like, I just did this and now I think I'm going to do this. I just did this and now I see this, this and this being done. Can I tackle that? Or, oh, you know, this is something I see. That's how I always was. And I always really thrive off of having people in my team that are low direction yet we do have people that are high direction and they shouldn't be you know 
I don't want to I don't want to use these words because I want to make sure that they sound nice and clear but they shouldn't be discriminated against right like they also have a lot of sense of they're coming to you to make sure that you're telling them the things that need to be done because they feel like you know what needs to be done first and in what order and just because they can't see it doesn't mean that they're incapable of doing the tasks that you give them so there is definitely still some value to people who are high direction because you know that you can always give them a task whereas low direction people sometimes will do a lot and overdo and overstep their boundaries sometimes and make mistakes every once in a while because they didn't come to you to ask for the directions so there is definitely you know some give and take to both yet I personally work really well with a lot of low direction people And I do feel that the Gen Z generation from what I've encountered thus far, me only speaking from I in my life, sometimes that Gen Z generation I thought was very, very, very high direction only. But I was saying to challenge that was, is work ethic something that I believe that we learn from our parents or is it the year and the generation that we're born into? So I was like looking up statistics and everything and seeing that, yes, of course, the Gen Z generation is very impatient and they expect things like at the top of the hat, like look at Instagram and we've moved to these reels and look at something like TikTok that's massively evolved, but each thing is only 30 seconds. Look at something like Twitter where you only have a certain amount of characters to write what you want to say. It's like people aren't into that full long blog anymore. They don't want to hear the full monologue. Maybe they're not tuning into a podcast or maybe they love podcasts because they can be on the go and they can listen to it as opposed to reading a blog, which I feel like this has just become the vocal version of blogging, which is something that I personally never got into because I'm not an avid reader. I don't love to sit there and read. I just I'm always on the go so I love to listen but I want to challenge you with that like do you feel that work ethic is something that you're taught or do you feel like it's a generational thing because when I was chatting with some people about it over the week I realized that a lot of them were like oh no I'm this way because of my father and it made me think about my grandpa all over again it made me think of the speech that my uncle gave at his funeral and just kind of going over the statement of he was always adamant about the hard work and putting in the hard work and putting in the hard work and putting in the hard work and I'm just going to keep saying because I kept pounding it in and my father was a lot like that with me like if I didn't do things to a certain level it was unacceptable and a lot of people I know that are really really good strong hard workers also had family like that or they had a father like that or a father figure let me use those words had a father figure that instilled that in them like you need to work hard if you don't work hard that's unacceptable and that's something that I've always had so when I see people that don't have any sense of urgency it kind of irks me because I'm like how do you not realize that like all this stuff needs to get done I just pointed out that all these things need to get done within an hour but like you're not there's no sense of urgency like a full lack of that and and I'm not just using work as an example this is just life in general I'm just talking about any job I've ever had I when you see these low direction people versus these high direction people and then the lack of urgency is just like really where it all kind of boils down to is the big 
big difference. So if you have a statement about that, I'd love to hear from you if you think it is a generational thing and you feel like there's a reason behind that or if you definitely just feel like, yes, it's totally upbringing and how your parents are raising you or whoever that parental figure is for you. So when it comes back to leading, I realize that like if I'm having to lead, if I'm granted that position of management or leadership, I'm already having way, 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 way more responsibility than if I was someone that needs to be, that's underneath, right? Someone that's needs to be delegated. That's part of the team. So the leader's always going to have way more responsibility just in general of their day-to-day that, you know, coming in, coming out, there's just way more tasks that they're going to have to do. And with that, as a manager myself, like I need to find ways to take things off of my plate and by foreseeing the tasks completed with the right person on my team for that job, that is not me. So me at 23, to give you a clearer picture, would have been like, oh my gosh, I have all these things and I'm also in charge. And if this person's not doing it well, then I'm just going to take over and I'm going to do it. But then I can't lead because I'm sucked into doing that task and then jumping to the next task and the next task and the next task. And I, I really can see that tasks being completed instead of running around and doing only a little bit of each thing and getting only 80% of the way with each of them and feeling so drained and so stressed like I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off that's when that self-care really comes into play it's like I'm not getting paid any more than I'm already going out there with so is it only benefiting me by taking on all these tasks while also being a leader Or is it just benefiting the entire scenario? Because truly looking back on it now, I was only hurting myself. I was only running myself down instead of learning how to mold, craft, delegate, and yes, the word delegate. Like that is the big kicker word. I think as you get older, you get the patience. So you learn how to mold and delegate. You ask questions. You allow people to make mistakes just as you had. And then we talk about it. What did you feel was your strength in that moment? What did you feel like there was a weakness? If we were to go back and do that scenario again, do you think you would do anything differently? How did you feel that how that went? Like all these things we can do without yelling at a person, without taking over. Because at the end of the day, what I'm going to see is that we can check all those boxes off and not be overwhelmed by all the things that we have to get done. Because I do this still, even at home, it's definitely a struggle. Like I'll start doing dishes and then I'll go somewhere else because I had to grab something and then I will get pulled into whatever that task is. Maybe it's wiping down the shower or the sink or something like that. And then I'll check my phone and I'll be answering a text, but I need to look something up on Instagram in order to answer that text. And then I get stuck in a scroll pattern and then I forget what I was supposed to be doing. And then I go back to that text later. Like this is the path, right? So I, you have to stay and finish each thing. And if you cannot do that, then it's really, really strong to delegate. And I had heard this quote today and I was like, oh my God, yes. If it's not done, delegate it. If it's not done, delegate it. And I thought in my head, okay, great. So if it's not done, I think as 23-year-old, I would do it. 
And I think now I'm like, if it's not done yet and I see the checklist of all the things, I'm like, okay, I delegate this to you and this to you and this to you. Now I can go back to what I need to do and the responsibilities I have. Okay, now you're finished. Now I can delegate this, 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 and this. And I'm able to continue to live in this land of overseeing everything in order to get through each of these tasks and being able to, you know, pull down the post-its for how many post-its you have for each task or check off the physical box or delete it from your app that you have with a checklist on, whatever, whatever your vice is. So I think that there was a lot of times that I would love here, and again, it's in my opening statement, use the word grit because grit by definition is a noun as to have the drive and stamina to push through any challenge or obstacle thrown your way until you succeed. But in order to have that stamina, you need to condition. And in conditioning, there's recovery and rest and self-care. And you need to recover in order to keep driving down that pathway to success, right? Because that's all we want in the end. We want that success. But the success doesn't come from burnout. Heck no. Success never comes from burnout, right? That's when we see people fall back into, you know, pill popping. That's when we see people like unhappy. That's when we see people maybe on the outside, they look great, but inside they're screaming for help. You know, there are all these different things. And it's because we just need to take the five minutes here, the 10 minutes there. Really, 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 really live in your sleep when you're eating. Don't do it on the go. Like, I've done it too still, of course. I'm just saying it should not be the common thing to do it on the go. It should be time for you to stop and focus on your breath and reflect and grow and evolve instead of just go, 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 going all the time. So I'm going to go through a couple of these quotes that kind of spoke to me today because I was like, oh, I could talk about the stigmas of like quotes that like we overhear all the time, which I've heard done on a few podcasts and I was really excited to do today. But I also started to find some quotes where I was like, mm, this one speaks to me and here's why. So I'm going to start off with one from Stephen King and it is talent is cheaper than table salt. What separates the talented individual from the successful one is a lot of hard work. Okay, so first of all, talent is cheaper than table salt. Um, but what separates that is so much hard work. And I saw that so much in the business of acting. You know, talent versus hard work. And some kids that I knew that were super crazy freaking talented when I was still auditioning for colleges and stuff are people who relied on that talent not all oh my gosh not all but I know some of them relied on that talent and my career ended up being more successful than theirs and some of my friends careers ended up being more successful and because I look back on it and I realize is that those who worked super duper hard and got better in areas where they were lacking, whether it was like, oh, I'm a really strong dancer, but I'm not a good actor and singer and like really focused on working hard to make enough money to take good acting workshops or to get themselves into singing classes more often because their dance was so strong, but they wanted to do musical theater as opposed to someone who was already a triple threat and just relied on the fact that they already had the talent and didn't really continue to evolve. So they stopped 
there because natural talent can only go so far without adding to it, without working on it. And you can always see that there were the people that showed up had better and longer careers in the end. And I myself, like I always showed up at those auditions and I said, if I'm not going to show up, someone else will. Like they're not going to have another audition because I didn't show up today. Here's my opportunity. Here's my chance. Like I need to show up. And then there were times where I was definitely lazy and I got my own path and my own ways. And, and then there are times where I worked really hard and I was involved in everything and doing everything. And I look at some of my friends that I always was like, man, they were good. Not really close friends, but people in the business acquaintances. And I was like, they were good, but they weren't great. But what made them great is they went to the gym and worked on their bodies so hard and ate super clean. So they looked the part that they wanted to go in for. And that could be for anything. I'm not saying that like just skinny people get booked. I'm not trying to put that out there. I'm just saying they worked for the type that they were. And they worked hard at it. And that wasn't just going to the gym and eating clean, but that was also saying no to like going out and partying and doing this, not just because they could rely on their talent. It was that they were focusing and fixating on working hard in order to reach their successful goal, which was booking a job. Or they were so fixated on the acting and they were so fixated on their dance to make them better, to make them more marketable, because that was what was going to to amp them up to continue to make them grow and some of my friends started off you know in one area that was just pretty good and then they became really freaking great because they worked hard and they didn't just rely on natural talent so that one really spoke to me for that um another one is from h jackson brown jr and it is don't work for recognition but do work worthy of recognition. Oh, this one I loved because I, it really, I mean, it really got me because I know I was a culprit of working really, really, really hard at times in my life, especially when I was younger in order to be seen by others and acknowledged for how hard I was working. Now I know that, now I know I need to take a break. Now I know like I don't need anyone else's recognition. It doesn't matter how hard other people are seeing me work, but it always made me feel good that I was working so hard and everyone's like, gosh, she worked so hard. Work ethic, hands down till this day, anyone I've ever worked for always thinks that's one of my biggest strengths, that cheerleading and connecting. Like these are some of my main driving force pillars when it comes to any type of work. And I do. I I think that it's super duper strong. But sometimes when we have too much on our plate, we need to allow ourselves to pass things off. So that's where I found that delegating has really assisted me um, in, in this. So then that way I know when I need to take a break sometimes. And it's okay that I'm working hard, but a million other people are also working hard. So taking the time to put something together that's worthy of being recognized other than just working hard. So that leads into this next one is that success isn't always about greatness. It's about consistency. Consistent hard work leads to success. Greatness will come. And that's from Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which at this point is probably one of the most 
highest paid actors out there that constantly comes up. I think it switches a couple times, but I'm pretty sure he is at the top right now in this current moment in time. And yeah, success isn't always about greatness and consistency is a huge thing. Consistent hard work leads to that success and greatness does come as a result of all of that. Like I found that in many things in my life and in growth as me, as a human, as a person, I'm constantly trying to acknowledge growth that I've made, mistakes that I've made, things that I can still learn, ways I can be better. I catch myself before I go into an old pattern for all the stuff that I've worked on with my coach. So I also feel that in my meditation and my yoga practice, you know, that consistency of showing up on my mat consistently helps me with my balance and my flow and my strength through my practice. And in my career as an actor, showing up, like I just said earlier, I've, I've seen this quite a bit consistency, even with this podcast or social media, you have to show up for the one in order to get the 100 or the 1000 or the 1 million, right? You have to show up for the one. So even though our daily schedule is, you know, what we're, is assisting us in our overall, it's not just a healthy choice that makes us, you know, in, on a wellness journey, like each day you know, everything that we do assists to getting to that wellness journey. So it's not just about making a healthy choice. It's about making a healthy lifestyle. So working hard on yourself is just as important as working hard at your job. And it takes time. It takes consistency. It takes practice. It's just as much a practice to do this, to take time for self-care as it is to grow and evolve in whatever corporation you're doing or whatever goals you have for yourself, whether they be health, lifestyle, you know, whatever related, that's, it's just about showing up. And then my last one for today is we think mistakenly that success is the result of the amount of time we put in at work instead of the quality of time we put into it. And that's Ariana Huffington. And yes, I'm sure that one resonates with everyone, especially if you tuned into Alyssa Miller's episode. She was saying like, I'm a Virgo. Like I like things to get done well, efficient, speedy. Like that is definitely what her vibrations were giving out. And this is always one that we need to hear. Sometimes slowing down a bit and taking an extra minute or two makes it right. Efficiency is wonderful when it's married with speed but in that order, right? So speed shouldn't only be the driver here in any scenario of things we're trying to get done. It should be the cherry on top of the cake. Do you want to hear get shit done right? Or do you want to hear get shit done fast? And it's almost half right. I mean, I would like the former, like get shit done right. But I'm someone sometimes who's so speedy and I want to do stuff and then I, I, I mess up. And we've all been there. Like you're trying to do a million things at once and while you're trying to do them, you're trying to get this done, then that done, then this done, then that done. And we mess up along the way. We make mistakes because we're in a rush. And sometimes if you take just a little bit longer and take a breath and just accept that you're already late or accept that it's already taking too long, at least it will come out right. So take a scenario like things are behind, they're backed up, they're jammed at the local restaurant you're at. And it already takes so long for your food to come out but your waiter has been at your table 
honoring your time, telling you that they're working as fast as they can, constantly checking in on you, making sure your drinks are always filled, not seeming frazzled throughout the chaos that's happening around them. And then when your food comes out, it's right. Annoying, yes, but it's expected. Let's say it's like a Friday night. So the good thing about that is that they kept their calm, they kept their cool, and they didn't get you frazzled in the process that you were already frazzled already because you're feeding into that energy. So again, we always think that success is this result of all the work that we're putting into something instead of the quality of that time. So if you're putting in speed as your work or you're putting in perfection as that instead or putting out that quality promise, you know, like what you want it to look like, that's going to be so much better received because even if they have to wait an extra 90 seconds for it, it's done right instead of really, really fast, but with a lot of mistakes. So I hope that this all helped encompass this idea of work ethic. If there's anything that super resonated with you, please comment share it with me in a DM or comment on my most recent post because I'll always post about the episode. I always love to hear from you or for things that you really resonate with in the show and just massive, massive shout outs to any one of you who left reviews. I, it really means a lot to hear that. It means a lot to hear it in person or in a DM or in a review on Apple podcast, throwing me those five stars, sharing with a friend. I've had people like reach out and say, oh, my friend sent me this and I just wanted to DM you and tell you that like, I'm really loving what you're putting out. That I'm, that really means the world to me. And it just helps me understand and know that I'm on the path of what y'all want to hear. So I will always be showing up at this mic once a week episodes dropping on Tuesday so show up for it next week we have a fabulous rock star of a guest her name is Chelsea Christmas and she is the owner founder of Fit City Women and it's this amazing community driven organization that she has put together and crafted that you're going to get to hear all about you're going to hear about her journey about building the brand about you know, the growth of the brand, what the community needed in order for the brand to even like start to evolve and exist. And just we're going to chat about some other stuff in life. You know, I always like to pull in not only their success stories, but I also like to pull in other little tidbits of just shareable conversation. So I hope you absolutely love her episode. Please tune into that next Tuesday and have an amazing rest of your week. Again, feel free to reach out and DM me for anything that came up in today's episode. And again, if you have not put a review or a five stars or shared this with your friends, please go ahead and do that for me because that's really helping the show consistently evolve. And it just means the world to me that you show up here each week. And I am just thrilled to have this umbrella of beautiful self-care warriors underneath it and sharing our stories and conversations and our own personal self-care journeys. So I absolutely adore you. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for tuning into today's episode on the luxury of self-care. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to this channel on Apple Podcast or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening on. If you are on Apple Podcast and have a brief moment to leave me a five-star rating and a review, it truly helps me grow the show organically. I love hearing from you. 
In addition, you can find me and all updates on the show on Instagram at rumor underscore in underscore St. Petersburg. Yep, just like the Universal film Anastasia or like the Facebook page entitled The Luxury of Self-Care. If you would like to support this show, do not hesitate to reach out. Your small donation really helps me keep up the sustainability of each episode and all the marketing that goes into this show. Lastly, I just wanted to thank you so much for all of your love and all of your support. And as always, for tuning in.